If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Hey and welcome everybody to Dragon Quest FM. I'm Austin. And I am BJ. And today, for the first time in the admittedly short history of DQ FM, we are together. So if you Woo! listen, that is the sound of us high-fiving. Over and over again. Because we are together, sitting side by side uh, right now. So uh, to celebrate that, we wanted to have a special listener Q&A episode uh, so thanks to everyone who sent us your questions on Twitter, um, as well as our Patreon patrons who, uh, who got early access uh, to that. And I want you guys to know that I didn't realize that he had written into the script that we were going to high-five, because the moment that he finished speaking, I was going to go, and we got a high-five, and Help was going to hold it up, and he already had his hand in the air because he scripted it. I did. So that's how much we think alike and why this works as a remote show. So we uh, wanted you guys to know that. Now, this episode will also be unplugged, basically, because we're recording this late, uh, late from our release schedule, at least, and we want to get it out to you guys. We're here together. We don't get to spend a whole lot of time together. So this is really us having a conversation with you guys. And so we wanted it to kind of be that as we sent it out to you. So you're probably going to hear us cough because I've been at a conference all week and I had to speak very loudly a lot. And Austin is just a sicky, sick boy. It's true. I've been sick for like four weeks now. So you're going to get prepared. There may be some pauses, that kind of thing. But, you know, that's what happens when you talk to real people. So, we might as well get into it, right? You guys don't care about us, you care about you. Uh, So, uh, with that optimistic statement, our first question today actually comes from one of our Patreon patrons. Uh, And uh, But before we do that, uh, we actually have two new patrons. And so BJ, I believe, has his real nice thank yous for those two patrons. So, uh, brace yourselves, everyone. Well, I gotta say thank you, like, real good, like, Ty Robertson, you, you are just wonderful. You, you, I saw your name in Patreon, I was like, oh, that boy's gonna get it real good, and you just did. And then, I don't know how to say your name, but I think it's Funtomop, 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 I don't know what it is, but I love you, and I think that you are one of the most wonderful people I've ever met in my life that I haven't ever met, so thank you. All right, and if you're like me, you would just pull all of your patron stuff right now, because, oh my gosh. Uh, All right, so anyway, uh, so our first question is from one of our patrons, uh, Mike Sweet. Uh, Mike asked us, uh, what kind of system would you like Dragon Quest Twelve to use? Pre-made characters with skill trees like 8 and 11, complete customization with characters and classes like 9 and 3, or pre-made characters with vocations like 6 and 7. 
He says that he personally likes skill trees, but he's playing through six right now and loves the vocation systems. Uh, so you want to answer it first? So, I think I would rather have pre-made characters. Like, as much as I like Nine, and I really love the way that Nine lets you create your characters and do whatever, some of my favorite RPGs, like all of my favorite RPGs, I guess, have pre-made characters that I fall in love with their personalities and then put my party together based on, you know, the classes and how the personalities interact. So I really hope it's more like Eleven, where you have those characters to do something with, where, like in Final Fantasy, actually, Vivi is a black mage. I'd use him even though black mages get weak because he's Vivi. Uh, the same way that I use Silvando even when I don't necessarily need Silvando in my party because he's Silvando and I like that they're kind of tied together being the the characters like that. And I I really love the vocation systems in 6 and 7. Uh, I think uh, lots of people I think have probably heard me talk on the show or read on the blog me talking about the vocation systems. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really like the ones in 6 and 7. It was my favorite part of both of those games. My dog's growling at me for some reason. Uh, she doesn't like vocations. She doesn't like vocations, apparently. Uh, I really like the skill trees in 11. Uh, eights were fine, uh, but I kind of thought those felt generic uh, to me. And I didn't think that they like felt generic. It was, well, I guess eights did. Eights felt generic. Um, 11 felt a little bit better than that. Like eight and nine or yeah, eight and nine had the same kind of skill trees where those felt generic to me. 11 really didn't because of the way that it was put together. And I thought, um, yeah, I thought 11s were more refined. I would like a mixture maybe that DQ nine has, um, even though I'm not the biggest fan of nine's vocations. I was actually telling BJ, uh, about an hour ago before we recorded this, uh, because I'm playing nine right now that I actually prefer the vocation systems in 6 and 7, where your abilities and spells and all that transfer over, and um, that I also like the uh, where it doesn't reset you back to level 1 every time, like the vocation stuff in 9 does. Uh, I think uh, I would definitely like a real party with real characters. Um, And so, you know, if I had to pick one, though, I definitely would go with vocations for 12. If I had to pick vocations or skills... I would say definitely vocations. I would love to see both of them with a vocation system that's more like sixes and sevens, though. And I actually wish that there weren't skills or vocations, though, to be honest. Like, thinking about it, just now doing that, those tend to be kind of overwhelming. And, like, I don't even want to say overwhelming. They make me want to spend so much time micromanaging them that I really like games where I may not even have to do that. Like, I'm going to get this ability at this level and just move forward. Like, that sounds kind of refreshing right now. So so your vote is for neither. Neither, no, and just uh, just uh, you get your classes and you, and you run with it. Really old school, but yeah. not necessarily backwards or anything. Yeah, that could be cool. Uh, so our next question comes from Immediate on Twitter, um, which is Michael. Uh, who I hope comes back to Twitter soon. He leaves Twitter sometimes. And so, Michael, if you're listening, hope you come back to Twitter so we can talk to you again. Uh, But he asks, how do you feel about Dragon Quest getting newfound love? Um, You want to take that one? Um, I think I have the same answer as you do, that, uh, of course, I love it because I'm fairly new to it, that I'm glad it's getting this love. And I came to it a little earlier than the current, like, slate of love. Like, what is, like, this resurgence because of, because of Smash and how Eleven 
was uh, just such a smash was a smash hit. Uh, uh, but it's it's I, I played eight and then I played some of the others way before I'd even touched eleven and I loved it. So uh, I'm really glad that it's getting getting this so that we can hopefully get some of the ones that's tr- that are in Japanese translated and localized in the West and that we'll hopefully get some that haven't been like. Hopefully, we'll get some new titles pushed into the West faster than they have been in the past. Yeah. <clears throat> and like you said, my answer is pretty much the exact same. Um, I'm glad for all the newfound love. I, you know, I've been playing Dragon Quest since like 2016, so I'm pretty new to it. Um, ha- you know, that was Dragon Quest Heroes. It wasn't even a mainline game, and then Heroes 2, and then I got played 11. So, uh, so you know, I'm fairly new to it as well. Um, and I totally agree. I think. Um, you know, more people who love it, the more likely we'll get stuff like 10, Rivals, maybe the Monsters Joker 3 will finally come over here. Uh, some of the Rocket Slime games. I know I haven't made it this way, and I actually really enjoyed Rocket Slime playing it last week, so uh, I'd like to see more come over here. There's that Walk mobile game. Yeah, that we're um, not going to get, that we're never really gonna awesome. Get. Yeah, exactly. And Rivals, and uh, their uh, Caravan Heart. The DQ Monsters Caravan Heart that we never got. Caravan Hearts, maybe. You know, it's Caravan Heart. And stuff like that I would like to get. And I uh, I want it to be so that when I tell people that I do this podcast, like I just came from Podcast Movement, like literally like three hours ago. I left uh, Podcast Movement this year and drove down here from Orlando. And I was telling people the podcast that I did, and nobody really knew Dragon Quest. Like a couple of people did. And I would say to them, I was like, well, do you know Final Fantasy? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, well, think about it as a sister series to Final Fantasy. And while that's not true, it's the easiest way for somebody who doesn't understand what the series is. So I look forward to it becoming more mainstream in the sense that that way it will be that kind of household name. That even if you're not a gamer gamer, you've heard of it and are aware because it's uh, it, it is you know the RPG series uh, to a lot of us. So uh, number three, we have at JJ Boy on Twitter ask our favorite monster and or boss. So I'm gonna say that for me, my favorite monster is the brick golem. Is the not the silver golem, not necessarily a stone golem. The brick golem that Austin pointed at, like, we're not on video, but he pointed at the one up on his shelf beside the uh, Malroth and the Luminary figure, that that's my favorite monster, because in Final Fantasy XIV, one of my first minions was a, was called Brickman, mm-hmm. and it was, uh, I just walked around all the time with this Dragon Quest crossover monster following me around, my little Lala fell, and he was about the same size. And I grew truly attached to my little golem. So now every time I see them, I I legitimately get a little happier. It is called like uh, I remember that it's called like wind up wind up golem or wind, wind up brick up, man. Wind up brick man, I think. <laughs> and so it just made me like it makes me super happy. Like I still have it. And when I play Shadowbringers, he is absolutely going to be following me around. And I think my favorite boss, I'd forgotten his name, and I had to ask Austin what his name was because it's been a little while. I also forget everything, and so I'm like talking to a brick wall. Austin has a particular gift that I, that he sends when I forget something. Not if, when. It's true. And he went and looked it up. Uh, my favorite boss is the Raging Contagion 
in DQ9. Um, it was my first experience. Apparently, it is in other games that I haven't played, but it is a a an elemental of sickness, like an evil elemental plague that talks like a stereotypical Louisiana Cajun. And it is one of the most magnificently terrible things I may have ever experienced. He, he talks. I love it. He talks like the guy on the water boy. He does. You know, the he, Cajun he, guy he, he like overall. <laughs> so if you want to know my favorite pause, go watch the water boy. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think, uh, I think my favorite, uh, some common monsters here. Uh, I always like the liquid metal slimes. I think they look cool. Um, they also, you know, they give you lots of experience when you can take them down. Um, and so for me, I think I really like the liquid metal slime. I like the slime stacks. Yeah. Uh, the multicolored slime stacks are really cool. I've been looking at trying to buy one of those, uh, what do they call it? Like the little solar things where they like, they tick tock, you uh, put them in your windows and they like move around. I don't know what they're called. Like I, I, I call them like bobblers, weebly wobblers. Like I just tilters. Like I don't, yeah. I, I, I just say things. But, but they make those, the, yeah. the slime stack, uh, like bobbles for the sun. That's awesome. Yeah. And so, um, so anyway, I like that. I like the stone golem. Uh, my favorite boss is probably either uh, Bjorn the Behemus from 5, because, you know, that's a pretty memorable boss fight. I think a lot of people like him. I also really like Don Mole from DQ8. <laughs> uh, he talks like James Brown. It's like borderline racist, I feel like, but he's got his, like, you know, microphone. is all like, watch me now. Get on up. And, and he then is, he, like, tries to, like, kill you and stuff. And... He's just sassy, and I like that. Like, I like that he's that sassy. And, uh, so number four, like, I love him too, by the way. Like, I love Don Mole. I thought that was from 11. I'd forgotten that he was from eight. Um, so number four, uh, the next question, this one comes from Corey Fung 81, who asks, favorite RPGs that aren't DQ? And my number one favorite all-time RPG is Xenogears. Like, there is nothing I don't think that can really take away from that mainly because of the experience I had playing it. Like, it was one of those games for me that just defined RPGs. Like, it was just there. Um, Chrono Trigger is right there with it, where Chrono Trigger, I don't care how many times I've played it and beat it, I can always go back and just play Chrono Trigger. And probably Final Fantasy IX. Nine is probably right in there with it. Like, Xenoblade Chronicles 2 really comes close though it is so magnificently good that uh, it is approaching if not better than honestly final fantasy 9 and the only reason that i can't officially say that it's better than is because i haven't played 9 since i've beaten chronicles 2 so those are probably like my three or four just right there so you need to play final fantasy 9 again okay because <laughs> it's really good um, I, I need to get it for Switch. And and I could probably I could ramble about this for a long time. Uh, I'll try for a top three. So definitely, uh, Final Fantasy Nine is there for me. That's by far my favorite Final Fantasy game. It's uh, you know probably my favorite RPG. It's one of my you know favorite video games. I just I love Final Fantasy Nine. Um, it's one of the earliest games I like RPGs I really got into around like 2000 when it came out. Um, now that I've played all this Dragon Quest, though, I feel like maybe Final Fantasy IX is my favorite because it's the most Dragon Questy. It of is Final like Fantasy. super fantasy, and it went back to like 
old school, and we all know this, but it went back to that old school Final Fantasy, but it didn't necessarily go back to old school Final Fantasy. It just went back to old school fantasy is really the way that but, it went because it's a, a different high fantasy. But it's also, it's like, it's way sillier than the others. It is. Like, you know, there's, I even te- was texting you about this the other day, you know, there's even like the hippopotamus kid, his name is Hippol, <laughs> and, uh, you know, there's just, there's other things like that. Um, there's like a race of rat people and they all kind of have rat puns in their names. A lot of them do and things like that. Yeah. Where it's just, it's, it's a goofier, sillier final fantasy. Um, it's kind of like the, probably the last final fantasy game that that came out that like didn't just take itself like really, really seriously. Yeah. Um, so for me, final fantasy nine is definitely up there. Um, I also really like Nino Kuni wrath of the white witch. Uh, so that one's easily in my top three. So I have to ask right here while we're talking about it, they're re-releasing it next month. Ooh. It's coming out pretty much like maybe two weeks before uh, Dragon Quest Eleven. Uh, Dragon Quest Eleven S. It's coming out the week before. Yeah, it's the week before. It's the same day as uh, Link's Awakening. Okay, so. so there's a real good chance that I'm actually going to wait on Link's Awakening and maybe get Nino Kuni. Yeah. But the reason I'm asking about this one is that the Switch release that they're doing at the re-release is a port of the PS3 version. Mm. The PS4 version they're releasing is kind of a director's cut that has extra content. Mm-hmm. And I know you're going to end up getting one of these at least. Mm-hmm. Is it going to be the PS4 version because <laughs> of the extra stuff? Or is it going to be the Nino Kuni uh, port that you've already played, but it's on the Switch, so oh, it's man. on the Switch? Um, I have it, um, like, I have it for the Switch, like in my car or wish list or whatever. I plan on getting it for the Switch. Um, I think I'll probably... Because I want to play it pretty soon after it releases. I probably won't play it the day it comes out or anything because I really want to play 11S. Um, but I'll definitely be playing... I'll definitely be playing the uh, Switch one. And then uh, maybe uh, the next year, whenever the PS4 version is like 20 bucks, I'll buy the PS4 version and play it again. Because this is one of those games that, I mean, it's one of my favorite games. So, uh, like all of my favorite games, I don't mind, like, replaying it over and over again. Um, but um, just going back to, like, other JRPGs and uh, or RPGs that aren't DQ. Um, so, my top three games are definitely Final Fantasy IX, Dragon Quest Eleven, and Nino Kuni Wrath of the White Witch. Just from any franchise. But outside of DQ... I have really fond memories of Legend of Dragoon oh. uh, on PS1. It was the first JRPG I beat as a kid. Oh, I never played it when it was new, and that was a mistake. And you hate it, like, right? I hate it. It is so painfully PS1, but I want to like this game. Like, I really want to like this game because everyone has fond memories of it. Because it's a great game as an artifact of its time, but it does not hold up. So I'm, I'm really sad I didn't play this as a kid or a teenager. It's replaying it, because I replayed it about two years ago. Replaying it, the writing is not the best, but um, I love the battle system and everything, and I think it's pretty underrated, and I haven't really seen it repeated uh, very much. Super Mario RPG had a similar one had on a, the Super well, Nintendo, because yeah. you stole it from that. <laughs> like, But it is a good battle system. Like That's the thing. Like Those are always uh, very similar. <laughs> Final Fantasy VIII has one that's like that, where you can get the extra shot in with the gun blade oh, by pressing true. a button, yeah. and we are getting that on Switch, so we'll be able to uh, have a similar one. But but Legend of Dragoon though had like the the and I haven't played the the one for Super Nintendo the Super Mario RPG, but Legend of Dra- Dragoon had it where it was like shapes and each one you had to like 
there was an additional one, more oh. powerful moves. So some moves you were having to do it like 11 times, and it was like off time with Oh, each other. I thought it was just one button. Like, no. I, don't, I didn't play it long enough to get past pressing one button. No, it was like, you know, downward slash, you press it at this right moment, then you, you know, cross slash, press it at this moment, and then there was like a final combo. Okay. And some of them were like pretty crazy. Like uh, Albert, the guy with the spear, um, you know, there was one of his that seriously had like, I want to say like 9, 10, 11, something like that, times you had to press it. And I, I would always be really bad at it for the longest time, and then it would get good as I went on. But yeah, I have really fond memories of that one. Um, I, I like you. I really like Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Um, and it's definitely on my list of favorite games. It's just not in like my top three or anything. Um, and just uh, really just a lot of games from the PS1, PS2 era, like Star Ocean, um, Xenosaga, uh, Tail series, all of those, especially Star Ocean. Um, uh, you know, I really like Star Ocean games as well. I've got to play Star Ocean games. That I can't wait for the re-release of whichever one they're doing. I don't first remember departure. The names. First departure. Okay, the the Star Ocean games. I wish they had numbers to them because all of the names are because I'm not familiar with the series enough. They all feel very similar to me because they're sci-fi names. And as much as I love sci-fi, I don't know the titles for that particular series. They're all sci-fi names except for uh, the newest one. Uh, oh, what? Integrity, and, Integrity faith- and Faithlessness. Yeah, which just is a super weird name for a uh, video game. It's a very Japanese name. I really like it, though. Like, I yeah. like that name a lot, but it sounds like something I would have made fun of Italo for. And if you're listening to this, Italo, <laughs> I love you, but I still would have made fun of you for it. it uh, it's still better than the one that came out for, like, 360 and then PS3. What's it called? The, the Last Hope? I don't know. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Which is, uh, which just is kind of like one of those almost like cliche like, like sci-fi outer space titles, I it guess. Um, but anyway, so uh, so next question comes from another one of our Patreon patrons. This is from Steve Whitcamp. Uh, Steve is asking us, "Do you Steve think?" Holt. No, Steve Whit. Steve, Steve Whitcamp. Whitcamp. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think? <laughs> I hope someone watches Arrested Development. I hope Steve watches Arrested Development. So here's a tangent really quickly. The mayor of my town is named Steve Holt. And Austin was in in town after the elections when people still had the, the, the political signs up. And we were driving down the street and he was like, oh my God, Steve Holt. And I was like, yeah. And he's like, Steve Holt. And I was like, why do you, I, I, I do that a lot every time I see one. And he's like, why do you see those all the time? And I'm like, that's the guy's actual name. Like he won the mayoral race, and so every time still that I think about our mayor is, I, I Jennifer will say something about him because she works at a public library and has to deal with the city stuff, and I'm always like Steve Holt. And so it's uh, it's our mayor, Steve Holt, which which is from Arrested Development. If you if for those of you who don't know, watch it on Netflix. It's really good. It is. I still haven't watched the like last season that just came out, but me either. Um, Anyway, so Steve Whitcamp asks, uh, <laughs> do you think the art style in the games should ever stray from Toriyama's style like what's happening uh, with the Your Story movie? Uh, so I love the Toriyama art style, not as much as BJ does, but love I love it. it. Um, and for me, it's kind of an integral part of the series. Uh, but I'm also I'm open to the idea of other artists designing the characters and monsters as long as they stay true to that kind of original Toriyama style. Um one of the examples I thought of was kind of like how uh, Nino Kuni 2, it kept that Studio Ghibli design, even though Studio Ghibli didn't have anything to do with it. They did work on the first game, 
and there's like animated cutscenes and right. all that in Wrath of the White Witch. But for Nino Kuni two, they the guy that does the music, you know, is from Studio Ghibli, so he's still there. But in terms of the style and art style, Studio Ghibli had nothing to do with it, but they kept that style still. And so I'm open to that. I think as long as they like stick with that Toriyama style, because I think that the Toriyama style is really important, but I don't think he necessarily has to be the guy that does it, right. which may seem like blasphemy uh, to some people. Um, but, you know, that being said, I do really like the art style of the movie, and I'm glad they took it in a different direction uh, just to kind of keep those mediums separate, which I think we even talked about maybe on, like, the Your Story episode we did. Yeah, and I'm, I think that they... I think it would be fine to move away from that style, I think that there are always room, there's always room for that kind of exploration in a series, and I would expect it to be done in a side game to see how it's taken first, kind of like they did it with your story being a film before they ever touched on a movie, kind of maybe, maybe as a as an experiment just to gauge the uh, temperature of the room, and I could see them doing something like that, um, because we have to prepare ourselves that Toriyama-san is not going to live forever. He is not going to be able to do these designs forever. And as much as we would like him to, there are going to be new things that have to be done in this series. And so I think that eventually we'll have to have someone else doing it. And I'm okay with that, as long as it's not something as radically different as Final Fantasy VIII to Final Fantasy IX, where that... Final Fantasy has that, uh, that's the hallmark, is that it changes, and that there's new iterations, and that they, they do experimental things. That's the opposite of Dragon Quest. So if all of a sudden we're playing Dragon Quest Eleven with this beautiful uh, update to, uh, to everything that we've ever seen in Dragon Quest, like, oh, this is, this is exactly what it should be, and all of a sudden we get Skyrim for Dragon Quest Twelve. <laughs> I think that that would be a, a terrible misstep. We would have made a horrible mistake. <laughs> Which is another Arrested Development callback. Good job. <laughs> <is>. Kudos. <laughs> uh, so, so um, speaking of that, though, about you know what happens after Toriyama is gone is kind of... So this isn't part of the q and I guess this is my cue to your A. Okay. But, um, is that, you know, Yuji Horii, he's, he's older than Toriyama. So, um, like, you know, does Dragon Quest just, like, die when he does? Or because, from my understanding of it, he like owns Dragon Quest. Oh, does he own the rights to like, the? Yeah, like his. Uh, what's it called? Like, uh, is it uh, Bird Studio and Armor Project, or like yeah. the two copyrights? One's Toriyama and one is uh, oh. Yuji Horii. And so, um, so I'm just thinking, you know, does that mean that when he's gone, like, there's no more Dragon Quest? Should there be more Dragon Quest after he's gone, or should it just because he's so like instrumental into it? I think it depends. I think it depends on who they get, because the big issue is with how faithful the adaptation, and I say adaptation because at that point it really would be an adaptation, how faithful that continuation of the series could be, and where I'm a huge fan of J.J. Abrams' Force Awakens. It's turned into my favorite Star Wars movie. I like it better than any of the prequels by far. I mean, that's that's pretty much goes without saying but I really think I like it better than the originals just because of the way that film has changed. Mm -hmm. And I think that if they get the right director, given the way that gaming has changed and game direction has changed, they could have somebody who could make a really good next-generation Dragon Quest. 
But if they do something like giving it to uh, Nomura, like they did uh, Final, uh, Final Fantasy. Fantasy, then that's where you go the opposite direction, where Sakaguchi had everything that was wonderful in the world, and then Nomura comes after that, and it's like, oh, look, no one loves Final Fantasy the way that they used to. Like, people still love it. I mean, that that's not the case. But it's not the... It's not the same series as it was under Sakaguchi, where whether that change is good or bad, it would be remain to be seen. But I think it could be a good thing. It would just be an evolution of the series more than a continuation, I guess. Mm-hmm. But I, I'd be okay with it. Just not right now. I want it to be his decision. But yeah. I would want it to be his decision that uh, and find someone to pass it on. Kind of like Steve Jobs and Tim Cook. Like Even though I'm not the biggest fan of the way Tim Cook is managing it, I'm like, whatever, man. Yeah, I don't know. That's a hard call for me. Um, like my go-to instinct is just like, um, you know, once uh, Yuji Hori is gone, maybe Dragon Quest uh, should be too before they can ruin it. <laughs> um, so I don't know. That's a difficult. That's why I asked you because I really don't have an answer for it. I always like seeing things expanded, though. Like I'm super excited for the Ryan Johnson trilogy. Uh, of new Star Wars movies uh, because I liked The Last Jedi. Not to even get in on anything like that, but I like seeing that kind of interpretation of things. So I'm always open to see. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, but I like experimental design. Yeah, and, and I, I like that kind of Star Wars stuff too, but I'm just... I don't know. Also, I like that you're talking about George Lucas like he's dead. He might <laughs> as well be. He's been dead to me since like 2003. Like, let's oh. be fair. It was Attack of the Clones, wasn't it? It was Attack of the Clones. Like, I actually loved it at the time, but I loved it. I loved it at the time. Okay, keep in mind, I was 20 years old when this came out. I loved it at the time, and also, Ewan McGregor is still the best Obi-Wan. Yeah. Like, that made me love that movie was him alone. Yeah, and he's getting his own, like, series now on Disney+. Is he for real? Like, Obi-Wan or Ewan McGregor? uh, Obi-Wan, Ewan McGregor, Obi-Wan. Are you kidding me? No, that happened, like, yesterday. They announced it. I've been in a conference and I didn't know that. Are you serious? (laughs) Yeah. Ah! <laughs> uh, that's, uh, BJ just pooped himself. I did. And now smells horrible. I wish you guys could smell it. Um, <laughs> not really. So this has just turned into like a weird Star Wars podcast now. Um, but before we get on with the show, since Steve was one of our uh, Patreon patrons, uh, I'm going to let BJ here tell you guys for a minute about our Patreon. So our Patreon is at patreon.com slash FM. We would really appreciate it if you guys could go there and become a member of our community. We are looking at ways to specifically provide you with the content that you want from us. And the best way that we can do that is through Patreon. Whether that means we're going to get exclusive content to you, whether that means you get the stickers uh, for doing it, you get a Discord role right now. We're looking at ways to really expand uh, the Dragon Quest community uh, and the Dragon Quest FM community as well. Uh, so we want to have the Patreon uh, the way that we can do that. Because this one's always going to be here. Don't you worry about anything like that. But we want to have a way to provide even more stuff to you. And Patreon is the best way to do it. So you can go to patreon.fm. Nope. Patreon.com slash DragonQuestFM. And uh, join up and see where we're going with that in the coming months. And I forgot to mention earlier that this is the segment that we like to call Shameless Self-Promotion. What's shameless? That's a, I don't like that theme song very much. I know you wouldn't. That's why I did it. I've been practicing. Like I knew what I was going to do. <laughs> I knew you were going to hate it. But yeah. I wanted to see the look on your face. I would not have done that over the remote at all. <laughs> uh, so anyway, I guess we should have done the theme song and everything before we mentioned Patreon. But we just always got to mention that. Uh, during this section, too, we'd also like to give some shout-outs. There's actually 
two other Dragon Quest podcasts, Woo-hoo! at least that we know of. That we know of. That yeah. we know of. Uh, one of them is brand new. It is uh, Slime Time, uh, which is uh, a official podcast with Dragon's Den. And we, we did... mentioned last week uh, as a shout out, uh, yeah. after we had already recorded it, they announced that they were doing this podcast and putting it up. So we're like, no, but we're like, yeah, but no. Yeah. But anyway, also, like that was a good timing on our part. It I mean, was. We did like a Dragon's Den thing and then they have a podcast now. So you can check them out. Uh, they're called Slime Time. Uh, they're on Apple Podcasts now. I saw they uh, went out, so you can check it out on Apple Podcasts, and uh, you'll be able to find it for anything that aggregates from there, at least. Um, and then Puff Puff Hour is another fantastic Dragon Quest podcast. They have some really, really good stuff. Uh, you can I can't remember the name of the one that you had mentioned to me that you really liked the other day. The <laughs> uh, I can't remember his name. The, it starts with an S. They did a profile on... It's just breaking my mind now. I can't remember his name. He was a Dragon Quest. Uh, Are you talking, oh, you're talking about the music guy. Yeah, I uh, can't remember his name. Uh, Koichi uh, Sugiyama? Sugiyama. That's it. But I, they, I can totally be mispronouncing that. Yeah, I mean... But yeah, they, they, do, they do good stuff like that, and uh, I feel terrible about that, but it's uh, about getting it wrong. Uh, yeah, but I did enjoy that episode. They played like uh, music from other things that weren't uh, Dragon Quest. And, uh, you know, I felt like I really learned a lot. Yeah, Koichi Sugiyama. Yeah. So that one specifically comes to mind as being fantastic. So y'all go listen to them as well. Slime Time and Puff Puff Hour. Follow them on Twitter. Do everything that you can. Uh, all right, so back to the Q&A episode. Uh, Steve actually had a uh, second question that he asked us on Twitter. Uh, he asked us, uh, what do you feel is the best way to evaluate the overall quality of the older games? Mm. Uh, take Dragon Quest II, for example. Is it fair to criticize aspects that were fixed in remakes? Much of that game's bad reputation comes from the 8-bit original and its lack of balance, but many fans only acknowledge the remakes these days due to their superior balance. Should we as a community make more of a distinction between the originals and the remakes? Uh, So for me, I always try to mention what version of the games I played, both on my blog and on the show here, uh, because I think there there needs to be clarification for what game I'm talking about. Absolutely. Uh, just because they've changed so much in them. You know, the difficulty, the names, uh, is one of the main reasons why I always specify which game I've played. Uh, because if you've played, you know, Dragon Quest Two on, like, the, you know, the NES, uh, which I guess was technically Dragon Warrior Two, For uh, us. Then, yeah. Then, um, uh, you know, the names and things like that are going to be completely different from the names that happened, you know, to me in Dragon Quest Two. Uh, which I know we talked about a bit during that episode on Dragon Quest Two, which makes it very um, hard to find information when you're stuck. Yeah, and so I try to always do that personally, just let people know what version I've played because of that. But um, you know, and I personally prefer the remakes just because they are somewhat easier to play, um, and to me at least, that uh, can make them more fun. Uh, you know, Dragon Quest Two is still pretty tough on mobile. I know it's not as tough, but it's still pretty hard. And, you know, if that, it wasn't for that quick save function, which I talked about taking advantage of, um, you know, I just, I, I, I'm a pretty busy person. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I have a, young kids, I have a full-time job, have lots of things going on. So it's like uh, that having that quick save function, being able to like play through games in a fun way is important to me. Um, but I also think it's important, you know, to make that distinction between uh, which versions you've played and everything. And I think it's important that you criticize the old versions. Like, I don't think that 
well, let me put it this way. The old versions still exist, and so those issues still exist when you're playing those versions. So they should be criticized. They should be discussed when looking at which version to play. When they've definitely updated Dragon Quest Two and Dragon Quest Four and, and everything with the DS remakes and the mobile remakes, absolutely, you know, talk about the quality of life changes. That makes it better, but you can't discuss those quality of life changes without looking at Dragon Warrior Two, Dragon Warrior Four, all of these. And when you're looking at that, you have to look at it as an artifact of its time, where they had the they may not have had the technological capability of doing the stuff that we love right now. So it's fair to critique them. It's just you have to critique them from the lens of when they were released, holding Dragon Quest One on the NES, well actually on the Famicom up to the uh, Dragon Quest 1, you know, side-by-side side with the mobile remake, with the new quality-of-life stuff you were talking about, that's not fair. We can criticize them each on their own merits, though, but it, because that really is comparing apples and oranges, yeah. because they are completely different. They're completely different games, even though they're based on the same skeleton, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Uh, so next up, uh, we've got a question from at uh, ASAP Sir Race. I don't know if it's ASAP Sure Ace or like ASAP Sirace. But uh, I'm going to say Sirace. Sirace. I just want to say it because I'm pretty sure that's not the way that it's meant. <laughs> but I want to call you a Sap Sirace. Uh, so, uh, but anyway, they ask, would you prefer an announcement about a new chapter of the series or a remake collection, maybe one, two, three on new gen? Uh, based on the choice, I'd like to hear how you'd like them to be. And uh, JJ Boy on Twitter also asked a similar question which was which Dragon Quest game would you like a remake of, or would you rather prefer a new entry in the main series? So uh, we'll answer both of those since they kind of go hand in hand. Right. Um, personally, I would rather have Dragon Quest twelve than any remakes, I think, uh, because, uh, I mean, I'm looking forward uh, to that new Monsters game uh, with Eric that's supposed to come out one of these days. Uh, and I would love remasters to come, like Switch consoles especially, because uh, I think they'd work great there. And introduce new players uh, to the series, especially after the heroes have been added to Smash now. I think it'd be a smart move to add remasters uh, onto the Switch so that people could play them there. Uh, but, uh, you know, personally, I'm looking forward to Dragon Quest Twelve over any remakes. Just because now I've played all the games, and so I would like new Dragon Quest. Because, I mean, new is always better, right? <laughs> I don't know. Well, sometimes, yeah. Sometimes, but I'm I'm the same way. I want I would prefer Dragon Quest Twelve to be announced before any side games or remakes were announced. Like if I knew that, and I know that game development doesn't work like that. They have a team working on mul they have multiple of these games in development at the same time. But if we get an announcement for one, I would be way more excited about what Dragon Quest Twelve was going to be than uh, a remake of one to three. Like I would love it. Like I would love a remake of one to three on the Switch. <laughs> Um, even though I've got them on mobile and everything else, it's like I would totally be grabbing the Switch version and and playing it as the main one. And, and you're talking about straight up like remake though, like with like with a straight up remake of them, not like a remaster, like yeah, a port that's, that's of the I, okay, yeah. okay. So like remake of them, I would still rather have DQ12. But if I could get a remake of like the Trials of Mana that's coming out next year, yes. I would love a remake. Like I was thinking remaster my entire time in my head. Like if I could get a remake of three, 
I would be really, really happy because I, I can't wait to play three. And I would just like it to be a modern three. Like, yeah, honestly. And I, I would love to see a remake of three. Three isn't my favorite Dragon Quest game. Um, it's not. I mean, it's, I don't hate it or anything. I had a good time with three, uh, but it's not my favorite. Um, I think really, I would love to see a remake of nine because I think nine would be really fun on Switch. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't have all the problems that you have with nine now. Right. Uh, so. Um, I think nine could be really fun, you know, to co-op and uh, do like the treasure maps and the grottos and everything. Uh, I think that would be really fun for the Switch one. Uh, so of all the games, I feel like nine could benefit the most from uh, being brought to Switch. I feel like they would just fix a lot of nine's issues that it has now. I think it would be fine to even remake it, like do a re- well, remaster it even just mm-hmm. like PS4. It's the only one that hasn't been updated. So it doesn't have, we don't have access to the DLC from 9. We don't have access to the, the multiplayer function unless it's local. And so I have read about people doing local meetups for Dragon Quest 9 so that they can still play Grottos together and get the DLC. Did you bring 9? I didn't think about no! bringing 9. Oh my gosh, what is wrong we with me? Nine we right could have played 9 multiplayer. Like, what is wrong with me? <laughs> yeah. I have my 3DS You here. do. That's why I thought it's maybe like, you oh, no. Oh. No. Oh. We're both dead now. We're both dead. Like, you I didn't even, it. it never crossed my mind. I say that <laughs> and you look at me so expectantly and I'm like, no, oh. we're having a Dragon Quest meetup right now. <laughs> But that is, this moment is why we need it on Switch, y'all. That's what that, this proves our point. That of any of them, I would be excited for uh, twelve the most, though. That's the one that yeah, absolutely. I just want to know more mainline stuff. But I do want to know about that Eric Monsters game. Like, yeah, I would, would love love to hear about that one too. I'd be just as excited about it, honestly. Uh, so uh, next up, we have. A question from at Joe Michia on Twitter. Why don't Metal Slime Knights give the sweet, sweet XP? Isn't that unfair? It's terribly unfair. That is a great question. It is unfair. Um, I don't know why they don't give the extra XP. I, every time I kill one, I'm disappointed. I think, and I know they're not going to. <laughs> and I... I don't. I think you were with me when I found the first Metal Slime Knight that I've ever seen. Yeah, and I was so excited. Like I was like, "Oh my gosh, I see this on the Overworld!" And you're like, "They don't give you anything extra." <laughs> like you were bitter about it. You're like, "Don't worry about killing it. It's not going to do anything for you." And it's like, I don't understand why they don't do that. Like it's it's weird, and I almost think that it's a knock at us to be like, hey, you like killing metal slimes? You get nothing. Yeah. So, but I do love, it's one of my favorite models. That's why on our cover art, I'm riding a metal, the metal, metal slime. slime knight, because I love it. Uh, I just do. Like, I, I don't particularly like them as monsters. It's not my favorite monster, but I like looking at them a lot. Like, I think it's really cool with them riding the slime, the metal slime knight, but it's because the world is unfair, and, uh, <laughs> and uh, apparently uh, Yuji Hori hates us. Uh, so next question, uh, at Words by Aubrey asks us, a lot of towns have their own story, so which town story is your favorite from any of the games? Um, which is a hard question for me, because uh, I like a lot of the towns from a lot of different games, and one of the things I like about Dragon Quest as well is that a, a lot of the stories in a game are similar to a story that happens in a town like in a later game. It's kind of right. like an echo from a previous game. Um, so that's kind of a hard one uh, for me to answer. Um, a couple of them that really stick out to me 
um, are actually from Dragon Quest VI. Uh, which, you, if you don't know this about me, I like Dragon Quest VI. I like it more than a lot of people. Um, I mean, I really like like Dragon Quest VI. Y'all should have um, heard him complain about it for the first like twelve hours, though. Like he almost like ten, didn't. Finish it was like eight to it. ten. It wasn't it was, quite. You were saying that at like <laughs> three, you were saying you may not finish the game. Like you did not like this game. That that is very true. Early in that game, it is not very fun. Once you get the vocations at the like twelve hourish mark, um, to me, it opens up a lot. And the game gets really good. And it's so like, it has good story, and the towns have good stories and, in it. Yeah, and it's like a 60-hour game to just do, like, the main story. And so when you look at it that way, it's like the first 12 hours, like, are nothing, you know, compared to a 60-hour game. Um, but uh, I really liked Pescado in Dragon Quest VI, and there's nothing really especially great about it. There's a story with, uh, I think his name is Rod. He's a fisherman. He's in love with a mermaid. Um, you follow him around in a cave. There's like a mini game where you have to like follow him behind rocks um, and while he's walking to meet up with his mermaid girlfriend. Anyway, I, I could understand why some people would be annoyed by that stealthy kind of mini game that's there, but I actually really had fun with it. Um, probably my favorite part from that game and just one of my favorite towns in general, uh, there's this town that's called Gallows Moor. Uh, it's late in the game. Um, but it's like you get captured and uh, you go in and there's like prisoners and it's kind of like a jailbreak uh, kind of vibe uh, to it. For those of you that played Dragon Quest Builders 2, it's kind of it, Skelkatraz reminded me a lot of oh, it. Oh, okay. Um, there's also like a weird like farm boy named Erdrick that is <laughs> in jail there. Um, it's kind of like a hero with those villagers. And I'm, I think his name is just Erdrick because it's like, you know, a callback. There's like no real reason for well, it. Well, title, maybe he's Erdrick. Yeah. And he so, did something wrong. Maybe. Um, but, uh, he got caught shoplifting lipstick or something. <laughs> that's true. Maybe he did. That's a very, that's an oddly, you got caught shoplifting lipstick. I have not. I've never been caught specific, shoplifting lipstick. That's a very specific thing to reference. Um, but, you know, I really liked Gallows more and that whole story going on in six. Um, I also really liked, uh, uh, what is it? Um, it's on the notes here, and I lost Octagonia. it. Uh, Octagonia? Yeah, Octagonia. Yeah, that was called from Dragon Quest Eleven. The one that has Vince. Anyway, is, that, is it's, Vince the one with the? Uh, is this where the uh, like tournament happens yeah. and the orphans and things like that? Yes. Yeah, I love that town. Like yeah. that's so good. There's that one, and like, but there's all that that thing where Vince is acting kind of weird. Yeah, He's like that, in charge like, of. The... I like that story. I like that overall thing. Like it made me have. It made me feel. Yeah. Uh, so that happens, and then later in the game. Uh, which I don't want to spoil because I know a lot of people are waiting for the Switch version of this game. But then you also revisit, you know, towns in Dragon Quest XI, and there's like a big story stuff happening with Jade there as well um, that I just liked. And, you know, it's a fun city, and I love the casino there. Talked about that casino a lot in previous episodes. And so for me, um, the Octagonia um, from Eleven, uh, fond memories of that gal is more from Six, so probably the two I would have to go with. I really like, uh, I don't remember the, now I don't remember names of towns, like I don't remember anything, so Austin or a reader is going to have to tell me, or a listener is going to have to tell me this. The uh, town where uh, you get the boat in Eleven, where it's uh, it's kind of the Italy, the Venice, Italy place with all the water, and uh, it, it goes basically on lockdown, and uh, there's kind of a stealth game going on Porto there. Valor, right? Yeah, I love that. I love the story that's going on in there with the... Uh, with the boat and the just how everything is put together, 
I really like, there's also a uh, town that you get the boat in nine is also really, really interesting how you, uh, how you have to deal with obtaining the boat. Um, again, I don't remember the name Bloom, of it. Bloomingdale? Bloom, Bloomingdale, Bloomington. It's blue. It's Bloomingdale because it, because it's, it makes me think of a shopping mall. Okay. So it's, it is like the shopping, it, yeah. the, the department store. So I love that, that whole story that's going on in there with the, uh, with the princess and inheritance and stuff. Um, and then there's another one in nine that, uh, that where it is, I'm not going to spoil it for you by telling you its name, mm-hmm. but, uh, it's, you get there and you climb a mountain and you find an entire replica of a town that you've already visited that has been carved out in stone and Zare rocks. Okay. You've gotten there. You've yeah, gotten there. Yeah. Okay, okay. It's actually before blooming. It, you know, I did it after. Oh, I, okay. uh, yeah. I didn't know you how can, far you were. I, yeah, because you can take that game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I did it in a different in the different <laughs> order then, and so it. Uh, I love the story of like the stonemason who's preserving the town that he loves. Whose name is Mason? And whose name is Mason? <laughs> yes. Um, and uh, thanks, Dragon Quest. Um, but uh, teach us vocabulary. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, we. I was gonna say we should teach that, do that in class sometimes. Like we're not teachers we're not anymore. Teachers. Um, but. Uh, but yeah, I love that story about just uh, trying to preserve that. Like it's one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Now, my least favorite to ask my own question. <laughs> I'm gonna answer my own question, then ask you the question. I hate mermaid stories in these games. Oh, like the mermaid story in uh, Eleven. Yeah. Like I've heard so many people talk about how emotional it got them, and, like how sweet and everything it was. And it is one of the most boring parts of that game that I've played. I hate it. And you talking about there being a mermaid story in six makes me not want to play that game. It's like the go. It's like the pirate ship graveyard in Final Fantasy V. Yeah, where I know it's there. I know it's not that long, but it makes me not ever want to play through that game again because I dislike it so much. And I don't know what it is about the Dragon Quest mermaid stories that I don't like. So, so the one in the one in six is a lot shorter. So, okay, so. It's basically that mini game I just described, and right. then you take her to like a conch shell in the ocean where the mermaids live. You drop right. her off there, and that's like really it. Um, I really li- liked the one in Eleven. Um, I can't remember the name of the city right now, but I think Michelle was the name of the mermaid, right? Yeah, because it's a pun. It's a pun. Michelle. She's Michelle. Yeah. And uh, but what do you? Which one do you not like? Like, what is your least favorite one that you can think of? Like, really, that really was trudging. Hmm. I mean, I'm I'm wondering if it might be the end of Dragon Quest Two, uh, that it might just be uh, uh, Renderak as a as a whole. No, there's um, there are several towns in Seven, um, and it's not the towns themselves that I hate. It's a problem that I have with Dragon Quest Seven, which is that I have to go and talk to every single NPC, including the cats. Before I can advance the story, and I have to run around and talk to every NPC, even the ones that don't really have inter- anything interesting to say, or else the story won't advance. And maybe I accidentally overlook an NPC and then have to go back to it. And it happens several times in Seven. It's kind of like a thing with Seven. You just have to go and talk to everybody in the universe, and then because of the time travel and stuff in that game, you have to do it a second time because then you go to the town again in the present. Right. And so. Honestly, probably just any town in Seven that that you have to do that. And there's multiple ones. Um, which, you know, Dragon Quest Seven is my least favorite Dragon Quest game. Um, and um, there's just a lot of towns in Seven that you have to do that. And 
Uh, so for me, it's probably any of those towns would be my least favorite. And uh, so yeah, I'm I'm glad I like hearing that. Uh, so the next question, uh, Mumbo Jumbo One uh, from Twitter uh, asked us, uh, "What do you think of the puzzles in Dragon Quest Builders 2? He says he's a fan and would love if more of these kind of puzzles were implemented. <laughs> Uh, it says he personally feels that it makes dungeons more interesting and fulfilling to complete, and it can break up the repetitive repetitiveness of running around a maze of corridors. And uh, I'm with him. I think that, or her, I think it's uh, him. So if I'm I'm mis mis misdoing, uh, I apologize. Um, but I I like them. I love those puzzles. Like I would love having more of the mini metal style puzzles that are simple but not always easy. Where once you figure out what's up, you can do it. It's like, oh yeah, that's really cool. Like I love puzzles like that, where they're pseudo Zelda puzzles that mm. uh, that you can just figure out the uh, like the highlights magazine. Some of them are like highlights magazine, like find figure out <laughs> like what's different in the two pictures, and then you make them alike. It's like because I'm four years old, I love that kind of thing, and so I would I would be all about them adding in those kinds of uh, of puzzles in other Dragon Quest games. Oh yeah, I, I that's. That is one of my favorite parts of Dragon Quest Builders 2. Uh, it's maybe maybe it's even my favorite part. I mean, I loved just running around the uh, kind of overworld there and exploring and finding those puzzles and getting to do them. I know BJ and I text each other uh, <laughs> like like different solutions to the puzzles whenever one of us would get stuck. We'd be like, "Hey, have you solved this one yet? How do you beat it?" And uh, so we did that a lot when we were playing it. Um, I also just like the puzzles in terms of just the builder series itself. I really liked. Um, those puzzles, but also kind of like the uh, what's the ruins that's in uh, in Crumbledon uh, that you find underground, you yeah. know, and it's like you get locked out and you have to go through the whole ruins. Like that was one of my favorite parts of Dragon Quest Builders too. Like I really liked those kind of puzzles as well that were kind of like the dungeons yeah. and all. And I like the jumping puzzles. Like some of those were my favorite <laughs> with the uh, with the springboards that you have to go around, oh, like, yeah. jump up, like in the lighthouse. In the well, in the lighthouse, and there were there were some actual shrines. Like that, where you got mini metals. Oh yeah, there uh, were. I forgot about that. Through. Like right, the yeah. only issue I had with those was that the camera wasn't necessarily always reliable. Yeah. So you had to kind of play with it to get the uh, jump right, or you would miss and have to redo it. But other than that, like I thought that was just really fun uh, playing it. But yeah, like the lighthouse, jumping up and going through all the different floors, and like I would totally explore as much as I could. I tried to break through the back of one of those when I couldn't make a jump. And they don't let you. Like, they don't let you build up to the top and then break through the wall uh, because it's a puzzle and you're supposed to be able to do what they want you to do. And they thought of people like me and they were like, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> Not in <Okay>. my house. Oh, <laughs> uh, I was thinking about, you don't know the magic word. Oh, uh, 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 Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park. I was but thinking the like... guy, the basketball, he slaps the basketball. <laughs> like, ah, I don't follow ah, the NBA, ah. so I can't even remember that I don't that remember his name. name, but I remember that commercial. <laughs> like, no, 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 not, not in, in my, my house. house. Yeah. I love it. Which I say all the time. <laughs> I do too. Jennifer <laughs> hates it because she doesn't remember that commercial. <laughs> Grace remembers the commercial, but I think I just do it so much that she's just like, it's eye rolling for her. Um, so next up, we have a question uh, from at Game Apartment 1C. Uh, by the way, they have a new season, I noticed, that comes out August 23rd. Um, so check that out. Yeah, we'll get him plugged real quick. Uh, Dan is his name. He left us a nice voice message. Yeah, he did. Um, one time, too. So hey, Dan. Which we were um, going to play, but we are not going to really edit up this episode too much. So we will get that in here, I promise you. 
It's just not when I have been at a conference all week. Yeah. So I love you. We we have other voice messages that we keep meaning to edit into here. We're, we're going to do that very soon. We promise. So leave us a voice message at, message at anchor.fm slash dragon quest slash message. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so uh, Game Apartment 1C asks, uh, have you read any of the Dragon Quest manga? And if so, your thoughts on them. P.S. I would love to chat Dino Doboken with y'all sometime. Uh, so I've read all the Dragon Quest Monsters plus manga that's been translated into English so far. Uh, the new one I know comes out in September, uh, and I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, we're actually uh, probably going to do that hashtag spiteful manga episode soon. We did a poll. Manga was like in last place for what listeners wanted to hear us distant talk about. Distant last place. Like, <laughs> distant. Y'all, y'all pick Dragon Quest 2 as the main one, which is just like enough to make me want to do the spiteful manga <laughs> episode. But then it was like way down low, and so it's like we'll show y'all we're gonna do it anyway. But no, we really we really do want to do a manga episode because it's something I really love, right? Uh, with uh, you know the Dragon Quest uh, series, I really like the manga, and I'm and... reading the first one right now. I actually have it in my backpack here. I oh. brought it with me to read on the plane a little bit, and I'm kind of working through it because um, this is actually the very first manga I've ever bought and read oh in physical form. Like, I've read comics and digital comics of them, but they're different because you don't have that same format. You don't actually read them right to left, and it's uh, it's completely different. So it's actually taking me time to get through it because I'm, I'm not physically used to doing this, but I love it so far. So, yeah, absolutely. And, and so hopefully, uh, you know, we're going to try to do an episode on the manga sometime in September because we want to promote it and hopefully have it coincide with the release of Volume 4 of the uh, Dragon Quest Monsters Plus manga. Uh, so that would be... Uh, so I'm looking forward to that because I really like the manga. Um, I've also... Uh, I've tried to find inexpensive in copies of Emblem of Roto um, in, like, Spanish because the ones I've seen are Spanish, French, and Japanese. Um, and I can read Spanish uh, much better than I speak it. And I'm not, like, completely f- fluent in Spanish, but I can pretty much read it enough that I can get the gist of what all the characters are saying can get through it. How long have I known you and I didn't know that? I, I don't like, know. I was your freshman comp teacher. Like, I've known you since, <laughs> like, you took Spanish classes. Like, I was there when you took Spanish classes. I didn't know you were, like, that good at Spanish. I can, yeah, I, I mean, I can read it. I, I, I really didn't know that. I can, like, I can hear it, and I can read it. Um, and part of that, I think, comes from... Uh, Anyway, I can hear it and read it much better than speaking it right. uh, and writing it. Um, but I think, I mean, you know, I took Spanish in high school and in college, so there's bound to be some knowledge there. But also, uh, uh, you know, spent summers in South Florida. I live in South Florida. It's just kind of like one of those things uh, you fair. pick up on. I have, uh, you know, uh, lots of Spanish-speaking friends. My sister-in-law is from Guatemala. And uh, so, you know, I you just pick up on it. You that's know? that's you, true. Uh, from uh, from it. So, uh, but anyway, that's kind of a little off topic. But but uh, I was just amazed. It's just like, <laughs> uh, but I actually I recently found Emblem of Roto English translated. I think it's fan translated. There's digital versions uh, on uh, mangarock.com, and we're actually going to put the link to this in uh, the show notes so other people can check it out if they want. Because I didn't know this was a thing. They have the first five. I want to say. Uh, copies of it and it's all divided up into the chapters and stuff as well uh, i'm reading it right now i really enjoy it so far um 
the beginning part, uh, which is the only parts I've really read, it has a very like Egyptian, like biblical Moses huh. uh, kind of feel to it. Um, so, but anyway, it's been very uh, interesting. So uh, I'm looking forward to reading that more because I'm not as far into it as I would like to be. Uh, but there's the digital versions. You can even go back to how what you were saying about reading it and stuff. You can even choose which way you want to read it. Do you want to oh. read it in the more like American way, or do you want to read the like traditional, you know, Japanese manga uh, way? So, uh, and I just read it traditional because I'm at this point I'm used to reading manga that way, and so it feels weird when I don't read it. Um, I get that for the uh, the Adventures of Dai stuff, the Dino uh, Daiboken stuff. Uh, it's on my list to check out. I haven't read the manga at all. Um, I have watched some of the anime. Um, I watched some of the anime, like, I want to say about six months ago. So it's not fresh on my mind. It was without subtitles, and it's totally in Japanese on YouTube. <laughs> um, but it looked cool. I didn't really, I mean, I get, from watching it, I got kind of what was happening in the story. Uh, but I did not, um, you know, really understand it. And... Uh, Die, I know, is in Jump Force now. Okay. Um, so so I'm kind of hoping, uh, because he's in Jump Force, that that kind of renews interest in it, and maybe we get, like, official stuff in English that doesn't, like, cost, like, crazy amounts of money and stuff. I'm probably just dreaming, but, uh, you know, I would love to see uh, some of that because I don't believe that, any, that, that there's any official English stuff for that. I think it's all, uh, like, fans, fan-translated. Um, and the stuff that I could find back like six months ago when I was looking into it, um, couldn't even find the subtitles for it. And like I said, I was just watching it all in Japanese and getting the story. But, you know, I like the, you know, it definitely feels like in like late 80s, early 90s anime yeah. um, series, you know, but uh, but I, I liked it. I thought it was cool and I'd like to uh, get into it more. And I had no idea that he was in Jump Force. Like, everybody was going nuts on the hero coming into Smash. And I've heard no words about Dai being in in Jump Force. Like, I see Jump Force stuff all the time on Twitter just based on following y'all. And so I've not seen anyone mention it. Y'all just, y'all, y'all, I I, I, I mentioned it. it. I don't read your Twitter. <laughs> you you had to point out to me all the time. You're like, I tweeted that. Just go look at it. I'm not sending it to you. So he he. That's true. Really I remember. That. I haven't played Jump Force yet. I would like to give it a try because yeah, I would um, too. Because there's several other characters that are just in Jump Force that I, I think it would be cool to try out. Um, so next question here. Uh, the next question comes from Twitter uh, at Denois the Gamer. Uh, it's uh, they're wondering what do you think about the romances in the DQ games like five, eight, eleven heroes? Uh, how what do you feel about them? Um, I love all the love stuff. You love love. I love, I love, love. love. I love love as well. <laughs> um, I think five is my favorite. Um, just going with the ones that he mentioned there: five, eight, eleven, and heroes. Five is my favorite. Um, but it's also my favorite Dragon Quest story overall. It's not my favorite Dragon Quest game. It's a close second, but it is my favorite story overall. Um, and I actually liked Eight's love story a lot too. Um, I know I've made jokes about you know a love story between a soldier and a horse, um, <laughs> but um, <laughs> but you know I thought it did have a good uh, love story. I love the ending uh, for it. It turns into like a, a romantic comedy at the end of the game where like. Uh, you know, all your friends are like helping you break up the wedding and you like go and 
uh, show up at the end and all that. Uh, so I really like the uh, the love stuff there. I'm not a fan. I I know some people are gonna scream at me for this. I'm not a fan of the uh, optional marriage in eight where you can marry Jessica. Yeah. Um, I'm definitely in the minority when I say this, but I don't like Jessica. Um, you know, I don't like her character. I just, I don't know. I didn't think she was a good fighter. I didn't like Jessica. So the fact that you can marry her, I'm just like, whatever. Um, I like the Medea and, uh, and hero stuff much better. Uh, so for me, uh, but I did really like that. And I, and the ending for that game, I just thought, you know, it's funny, lighthearted. I really enjoyed it a whole lot. Um, let's see for heroes, Dragon Quest heroes. Um, I like the romance fine. Uh, there for me, like honestly, for me, the Kirill and Elena romance in Heroes, and it kind of goes into Heroes 2 as well, uh, was what I liked the most out of the Heroes and Heroes 2 games, uh, because you miss out on a lot of that because they removed the party chat in the DS version of 4. Uh, so it's like, you know, in the manual, it tells you Kirill is in love with Elena, and there's like a couple of parts early on in that chapter. I think it's chapter 2, right? Mm-hmm, is there chapter, chapter? Uh, where, like, you know that he has a crush on her. Uh, but because of party chat being gone, I feel like you miss out on a lot of that. Uh, so for me, it's like a lot of the Kiro Elena romance I got from playing the Heroes games. Uh, so I kind of... Uh, so that was really my favorite romance uh, in Heroes. Uh, Eleven, uh, honestly, uh, was so-so for me. Uh, and again, I know I'm in the minority here, I think, because I see a lot of love for her. But uh, Gemma, I think, is super lame. Like I, I think the, I think the luminary can do better. Um, I'm hoping he can marry uh, Jade or Eric. Uh, both I think are better than Gemma. I think they are better uh, options in terms of <laughs> characters in the game, as well as romantic options for our luminary friend. And so for me, uh, I know I've read that Eric is one of the. the is, sorry, I know I've read that. Uh, he apologized because he leaned back very far away from the mic. I did. Uh, <laughs> you are dead. I, I know that uh, Eric is one of the options confirmed, I think, is a marriage option for 11S. Right. Um, I haven't heard anything about Jade, uh, but... Um, and honestly, at this point, I don't know who I'm going to go for. I think mm-hmm. I'm leaning towards Eric. I'm, I'm uh, the same way. Like, But I'm... when I was playing the game originally, I really was wanting Jade and the hero to uh, end up together. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know. I think Gemma's just kind of, I don't know, she's lame. I don't like her, really. And that is something that is, has <coughs> happened since he was playing this game and telling me about this character before I got to her. And it was, he was just talking before about how... Before you played it. it yeah, yeah. Before I, was it before I played it or was it before I opened, lo- unlocked that part of the game? No. Either way. Before you unlocked marriage? Because Gemma's like at the very beginning of the game. I know, like I was thinking, I couldn't remember, like you were telling me about You don't get marriage till very, very late. Well, very, very late, yeah. But you were telling me about you hated the character of Gemma. Like, she's like, she's there. She's a healer. She has no personality. Healer, healer, healer. No, that's Serena. That's Serena? Serena, yeah, because Gemma... Oh, Gemma's the... the, the, She's your childhood friend. Yeah. No, Gemma's your childhood friend. You haven't played the L. You spoiled it for me. Sorry. I was thinking of uh, of of Serena. Never mind, no, G- I was wrong. Gemma is the childhood friend that you oh, start off her. with. Like I liked her. Yeah, a lot. people like her, and to me, she's she's like your childhood friend. And I really, I thought she was kind of just this annoying like little sister, 
like sidekick that's in your village yeah. and I didn't like her. Oh. Yeah, that's Gemma. That's who you marry in a lot. Oh, Sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, that's fine. It's like, I like that character. I was wondering why she never came back. I just never had played through because no, I stopped playing it for the Switch no, version. You're you're, Serena is the healer that I didn't think had right. much personality and then actually had a lot of personality I ended up falling okay. in love with. Yeah, no, I, I love Serena now. That was Serena. Okay, I gotcha. I Gemma, gotcha. I still think is lame and I, yeah, I'm looking forward to my hero marrying someone that's not her. No. <laughs> Speaking about uh, Gemma at the very beginning of it, because I liked her a lot. At the very beginning of Eleven, I'm not sure if you guys uh, remember, but you get the dog in your party, and this is just this is going to be mentioned in every every one <laughs> where we mention the beginning of Eleven. They take the dog from you, <laughs> and I'm not sure if you guys know from listening to this podcast yet or not, but I really like being able to have dogs in my party in a in RPG. If they have swords in their mouth, it's even better because I love dogs with swords in their mouth. But I was so happy that this dog was like following around and fighting with me. And I was so upset when I could, because because literally I started playing this game and I got so excited because I was going to train this dog up to play with me. Like I'd already planned out like this was going to be one of my main party members. And now obviously I don't want a romance option with the dog like it was the horse. <laughs> and that's going to be weird. But to get back to the question... But just on Final, Fa- Final Fantasy, just on Dragon Quest Eleven here, why can't I keep the dog? I want that dog. And if Gemma comes back and I can marry her, then I'd better get to have that dog again in some capacity. I mean, yeah, I'm he becomes saying. your dog. Okay, he becomes my dog? Yeah. All right. I think they even ha- he the dog fight? even has puppies at the end. Oh, Or maybe the puppies. dog's just pre- pregnant at the end. With puppies. Obviously. Yeah. Like not pregnant yeah. with kittens. <laughs> they, they come out, it's got the luminary's head. <laughs> and Jim is I like, said, what? Said, no, we don't get that romance option. That's not what I want. <laughs> All right. That is what happens when we go too long, y'all. All right. In case you can't tell, we're a little tired and we uh, have been uh, doing this for a long time. It's also really hot in here because uh, there's no AC in the room where we're recording right now because my kids are asleep uh, <laughs> like upstairs. But um, anyway, but thank you guys so much for all of your questions. Uh, I had a really good time answering. I do questions. too. I love Q and A episodes like this. I love these kind of AMA things. So uh, next time we do this, and we'll let you know when we're we're going to do this again because we're going to make this a regular thing because we have fun with it. It seems like you guys do too. Um, I want questions about anything that you want to know about us, Dragon Quest related <laughs> or not. So sometimes those uh, are just elicit really fun questions uh, to answer and think of things that we've never thought of. So uh, start thinking about those for our next Q&A episode because uh, we'll keep compiling them and putting them together until we uh, do that. So if you have anything else you want to ask us, we'll put it in a document and uh, save it so that we'll have it for the next time we do this. Yeah, and remember you can talk to us on Twitter uh, at DragonQuestFM. Uh, you can also... Leave us voice messages at anchor.fm slash dragon quest slash message. Uh, you can also check out our website, which is dragonquest.fm. Uh, you can talk to me personally. My Twitter handle is at underscore Austin underscore King. Uh, you can also read my weekly Dragon Quest blog, which is at dragonquestaustin.com. And I am on Twitter as at Professor Beege. I'm also the co-host of the geek to geek podcast, and you can find that at Geek2GeekCast.com. And as always, Dragon Quest FM is a part of the geek to geek Media Network, so you can find all of our content at Geek2GeekMedia.com, where we have live streams, original blogs, and lots of fantastic shows like Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea, and Geektitude, and this week we have a really cool and sometimes Rob episode, because sometimes he's Rob, 
and sometimes he's not. Da, 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 da. Level up music. 